Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger syndrome, also called autism spectrum disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome. I'm your host, John Allen, and this is Aspieland a place where both those on the autism spectrum and neurotypicals alike can gain commonality through discovery. If you're new to this podcast, please know that you're very special, no matter where you come from, and that you're in a place of acceptance. If you're someone with Asperger's syndrome, autism spectrum disorder, this podcast is for you. It's a place where you can learn about yourself and your feelings, and I want to help you understand and function in the neurotypical world. And for those of you who are neurotypical, I haven't left you out because this podcast is for you as well. I want to help you come see that we're just simply different, having the same feelings and needs as anyone else. And the idea here is to come together and accept one another. We do that by looking at life through each other's eyes. In our last visit, we were talking about advocacy, and I told you all about the three different kinds of advocacy that there are, individual advocacy and systems advocacy, and the third one we were going to talk about, and we're going to talk about that in this visit, is self-advocacy. Just a quick note, whether you're on the spectrum or you're a neurotypical just learning or exploring or perhaps experiencing life with someone who is on the spectrum, I very much appreciate the fact that you've tuned in. Thank you as well to those of you who have donated to this podcast. I appreciate that so very much that you've taken the time out to donate just a little of what you have to help me out to produce these podcasts. And if you'd like to make a donation, go to the website, aspieland.org, go to the donate page, and it'll take you right where you need to go to make a donation. I really would appreciate that. Okay. Let me bring on Nathan Morgan, because Nathan Morgan is a self-advocate, and he is very good at it, by the way. He comes from Milestones. You've met him before in previous podcasts. So, Nathan, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. This is a very important topic. It is. It is. And one of the things I was trying to emphasize in talking about self-advocacy is that you have to be vulnerable, and you have to be willing to reveal yourself. Would you say that's true? I, I would. I would. It's something that I, uh, I it's not something to, to go into lightly. Self-advocacy is extremely important. It's something that when I do self-advocacy, I have to be aware of how I'm putting myself out there. It, you do have to be vulnerable and being vulnerable can be a potentially dangerous place to be. In my experience, what I found is helpful is I'll just be open, very honest, very factual, and I'll say, you know, this is the specific way that I'm communicating. This is why I communicate in that way. I apologize for any misunderstandings, but this is who I am. Um, I think going into it being sincere, I think going into it having this level of honesty um, with a person, yeah, I think people yeah. respond to that. I think people do respond to that. Now, what you may also be faced with, though, when you're self-disclosing is when you say, I have autism, um, a million other examples may be coming into other individuals' brain. So I uh, personally, in my ex my own uh, examples where I've had those kinds of scenarios, I like to be a little bit more specific about 
what my autism looks like, what my lived experience can look like and my communication. That makes Um, sense. uh, Because when someone's interacting with me, of course I want them to understand autism as a whole. That would ultimately be a a, a good goal to have. But at least for this one interaction, I want them to know who I am as a person. Because when I'm self-advocating, I'm I'm also uh, trying to get the support that I need for myself in this dynamic, in this situation. Um, And so being very clear and direct. So I'll say like autistic people generally communicate in this way. This is how it looks like for me. So I'll add an example or something like that. that Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. And that's because in that picture, um, it helps that person not only get to understand autism a little bit better, but me as a person. And I know that as a self-advocate, I could be a potential learning opportunity. I can be that source of information. Right. And if we're building that rapport, we're building that connection, then hopefully they'll view me as a trusted source if they have other questions. And so I didn't I didn't consider um, that at all. I hadn't even considered that idea. The downside to that, though, is sometimes you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're like that token autistic person who has to solve everything that's wrong with the world right now, (laughs) because that can happen, too. Sometimes, you know, if you'll put yourself out there like that and you might be that only accessible autistic person in that other individual's life, they might come to you with all of those questions. So I also like to try to find other resources and materials. Like I like to find books or podcasts or TV shows or other things that have relevant examples that I feel resonate um, right, with right. me and reflect my experiences so that I don't always have to do all the heavy lifting. I can I can help let other things. Uh, but it's it's really an important thing, not only to be able to communicate with somebody else and say, I need some help with this. And for college students, I can see this bang right away because like me, I don't like fluorescent lights. If I'm in a college setting and I'm trying to take notes, those lights are going to drive me buggy. And so I have to self-advocate. If I'm going to get any relief or get to improve my grades, I'm going to have to self-advocate. Absolutely. And I do the same thing in my work. When I was working in the office, I would drive into the office earlier and I spoke with my supervisor and asked, could I come in earlier when nobody else is in the office? I have a key. Can I work this uh, change in hours? I do the same amount of work. I do the same type of work. But I was able to adjust my schedule because I could come in before all the lights turned on, before all the distractions and other things turned on. And it was me advocating for myself. It was me saying, I need a slightly different workaround so that I can be successful. I'm going to do the same kinds of things as my colleagues, but I'm going to do it in a slightly different way. And here's how I can do that. And so some of it's a, it's a discussion, it's a conversation, and there can be some negotiating. But sometimes people don't know what you need until you tell them. And I think people might be surprised with how much support they can get if they let themselves be vulnerable. It's scary. It's very scary to be vulnerable. And I've had those kinds of feelings before where I'll think to myself, should I ask about this? Because it's going to like, are people going to start to think that maybe Nathan's too much trouble than it's worth? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was curious about that, because how do you get started so you can actually do it? Because once you successfully self-advocated, the kind of the pressure drops off. And so you're like, oh, I can do this. But what about those of us who are just thinking about doing this and saying, how do I start this? 
it's really scary to start. I can I've not been in my career for decades. I've been in my career for just a handful of years. So I can I can kind of recall that. But it's it's finding a colleague, finding a supervisor. You know, maybe your supervisor isn't the most understanding and maybe your supervisor is pretty scary. But maybe you have a, a person who works alongside you, a coworker who you're working with. Maybe there are ways that you can you can speak with them and say, you know, these are some of the struggles that I have. Do you have tips? Do you have ways that you can help me with this? Because we're we're doing the same task alongside each other. How about maybe like I, I do it with dishwashing when I'm with my mom at, at her house. I have a hard time putting my hand in the water, but I have no issues with some of the other tasks involved, the drying and, and putting stuff in the cabinets. So the negotiation that we have is, uh, it, would you please help with this part? And I can do this part that I'm good at, and we can work together as a team. So so in advocating for yourself, you're, you're describing some of the limitations. So you might find a coworker that you're working with and ask to split the task or figure out a way to uh, work collaboratively together. Another piece is once you have, you know, some people who are in your team who, who you know are like your your allies in advocating, it can feel a little less scary because you know that if you're going to fall, you're going to have someone who's going to be able to be there to help pick you back up. Yeah, I was just about to ask about the scariness part because I think that fear is one of the things that would hold us back from self-advocating. Also, knowing your legal rights can be very empowering. Um, knowing that you can't, like there are certain legal protections within the workplace with asking for accommodations and supports that you are permitted to have. Uh, I know you have some listeners in other countries, so of course the laws may be different in different areas, but in the United States, you know, we do have certain federal protections that that people can use. And sometimes if you know what some of those are, um, that can help you feel empowered in asking for certain things because you know that even if they tell you no, you have some recourse and that can be very empowering and ease some of the fear that's there because even if your supervisor isn't supportive, you're coming from a place of strength that you're not asking for something that's yeah. unfair or unreasonable. You are asking for something that is within your rights. To yeah. And for. you just mentioned coming at with strength. That doesn't mean necessarily that you come out with both guns firing mm -hmm. and you shoot them down. Absolutely, absolutely. You have to remember that in the workplace settings or, or other settings, I mean, you might be self-advocating in other settings. When you're advocating for yourself, it, it's also, while it is this, it's coming from yourself advocating for your needs, it's it's collaborative. And, and we're working within areas where maybe some modifications can't be made. Maybe there are certain safety guidelines or rules that can't perfectly be adapted. So, or maybe things are slow. I mean, sometimes, you know, Thing, change happens really slowly. My, one, something that I actually, and I, I say it all the time um, in numerous settings, it's an expression that just kind of resonated with me as a kid. Don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Because huh. if I can get something that's good enough where I feel comfortable enough, then I can kind of make up some of the rest of it on my own too. I, I don't want, it's not settling. It's not settling for less. It's, it's, it's recognizing what is what I need rather than what is the perfect world. Because... We can fight and fight and fight for a perfect world, but that's going to take time. Yeah. Um, and for yeah. self-advocacy, some of the things that you're trying to change are are the things in your immediate here and now. Right. So if you can get it good enough, like I did with the workplace setting, I was able to change my hours a bit. I was able to go into the office with the lights off. I was able to figure out how I could handle my email systems differently, get extra supports in place that, that helped me. Yeah. I wanted to touch on real quickly that it's important for you to be yourself, not trying to be them. You're not trying to be a mirror image of your boss or your coworker or your 
doctor or whoever it is you're trying to advocate with, you have to be yourself. And being yourself kind of requires you to relax about yourself a little bit. And I mean, that's hard to do. It, it is hard to do. I have this horrible habit of being my own worst enemy. I hold myself to standards because I'm always comparing myself to some of my neurotypical colleagues or to other people that I see on TV or you know, other people that I've met along the way. We do have to be kinder to ourselves. You have to be kind and, and knowledgeable of who you are, what you want, what you need. And that requires a little bit of introspection, a little bit of recognizing what is a, is a struggle that you have or what is a strength that you have and figuring out how your uniqueness fits into this bigger picture. Because a team doesn't work if you have like a chessboard. You have a chessboard with all these different pieces. And the only way you're going to work, if, if every single person on the board was a rook, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's going to exactly. be a really boring game. <laughs> that's a really boring game. Um, and it's just not going to work. Right. You know, that te- the, the team that's across the way, if they have all these diverse pieces, you know, that team's going to be the one that's successful. You know, your army of rooks is, is just going to fall apart and right. you're, yeah. you're going to lose. That's so, right. that's... you know, that's uh, with self-advocating, recognizing you know, that, you know, you can have these differences, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't want to be a carbon copy of everyone else. You want to be yeah. the piece that you are. Yeah. Yeah. And because I know and for myself, I spent a lot of time mimicking neurotypicals to get along to be able to get by, to be able to get into the world and be part of it. When you try to self-advocate, you need to be yourself. And that's kind of hard. It's like you said, introspection. It, you need to, to look at yourself and examine yourself and say, you know, I'm not a bad person. I can do this. And, and there are downsides to masking and mimicking like you're describing. Um, and when I first started early, early on in my career, I was masking. I was taking these parts of myself, these authentic parts of myself, and I was putting a mask on and hiding it. And after a time of wearing that mask, I started to lose sight of who I was. And what the downside to that is, is, is now that I have reached this point that I've become so much more understanding and more and kinder to myself, I'm having to kind of sift through that and try to reconnect with who I am. Yeah, It's, it's a big journey and masking can do a lot of harm because you're pretending to be someone you're not. You're right. on stage, you're playing this part, but you may lose yourself in that. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a difficult place. That's a difficult um, thing to get through. Okay. Let's say I'm going to want to advocate for myself. What would be the single nugget that you would give me that would help me kind of get over the hump, as it were? Set realistic goals, I think, is is something that, in my experience, I, I tend to have really lofty goals for myself. And so when I'm advocating, I'll, I'll go into it with a big thing that I'd like to do. I, I, I think trying to break it down into smaller pieces okay. um, is something that's been helpful for me because I can, because when I'm breaking it down into some of these smaller pieces, that's change that I can affect. And, and then I build on it and build on it and build on it. Yeah. And that's when I get yeah, to. Yeah, because if you work on one piece, it's easier to work on one piece because if you look at the whole things, sometimes you'll just freak out and say, this is too big. I can't handle this. So you break it into smaller pieces. And as you do, you can see, oh, I'm making progress. And you can write down in like a, a journal or a notebook, um, like what your big ultimate goal is. What is it that you're looking for? But also, I always try to prioritize in my own view and my own safety, my own needs. What do I need so that I can I can live as a person, so that I can be a free person in my in my community? So I'm always looking for ways that I can. So 
when I'm self-advocating, I'm looking for things that are going to keep me healthy, that are going to keep me connected with others, that are going to keep me involved and engaged. And so those are among some of the higher priority things yeah. that I want to focus on. Yeah. Like, like, what do I need to be able to hang out with friends? What do I need to do to be able to go about my workday so that I can keep my job, so that I can continue to make money, so that I can pay my bills and live? So those are really, really big topics. Yeah. But I'll try to pick up like some small things like like lights, like the, you had mentioned that uh, the fluorescent lighting. And I know I've also had difficulties with fluorescent lighting. Some small ways that you can advocate is maybe your workplace is just so chaotic and it's a really difficult environment. Self-advocating, if you really want that job, um, you could start by asking, you know, could we get light covers that block out the fluorescent lighting? Could we figure out different ways of doing this? Um, so that's a really like a clear goal yeah. where you have, yeah. like it's, you know, steps that you can work towards where there could be some room for negotiation as well. Either you remove them completely, you get light covers, right. um, you can start by going into that with a conversation. Beyond that, though, other ways of self-advocating might be recognizing that you need a change. You know, if there's so much chaotic stuff going on in your environment where it's just you're going into it, you're miserable, you just can't get up out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, a good way of self-advocating could be saying to yourself, I need a change. I'm going to self-advocate for myself by putting in job applications at other places. I'm going to try to find this thing that is a better fit for me. Okay. Well, wow. We've covered a lot of stuff with that. And uh, there's a lot going on with self-advocacy. And it's real important that we try to understand ourselves and try to also try to understand the other person because they're not understanding us because they may have a misconception along the way of who people on the spectrum are. And so it's important for us to keep in mind there's two people involved in this conversation. And just because it seems difficult, it's really not as hard as it looks, but you have to get that first experience under your belt. And I think once you've done that, you can find a way to make other places where you need to advocate possible. I appreciate your coming in to talk about that because you have a lot of really good thoughts and I really appreciate your, your chiming in on that. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, having Nathan on the program has been so helpful and so uh, good to be able to discuss these kinds of issues. And we'll continue to do that sort of thing periodically in future podcasts. If you need to talk to me about something, if you have a question, if you have a comment, please email me, john at aspieland.org, or you can email me at aspieland.org at gmail.com. Try to stay safe. Try to keep advocating for yourself. Work on it. It'll make things a whole lot easier. And we'll see you next time in Aspieland. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not. Because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.